Hey everyone, welcome to Yoga Land's Yoga Teacher Companion. I'm your host, Jason Crandall. And today what we're gonna do is we're gonna break down my four favorite postures to prepare for Bakasana. And then also a couple of tips about actually practicing Bakasana. If you haven't already seen my video on the most common error and how to solve it for all arm balances, make sure to check out that. You can just kind of click the, uh, uh, the button that is appearing here. Number one favorite thing to do in preparation for Bakasana, everybody, is reclined Bakasana. This is so important because when we're setting the stage, I'm obviously gonna show it here in a moment, but when I'm preparing my students for any pose, especially a harder pose, I'm not just warming up their body, I'm teaching them the coordination, the muscle memory, I'm teaching that body a blueprint for how in a simpler version to do a harder version of the same thing. So reclined bakasana is a really good way to get a feel for the majority of the pose while also emphasizing anterior core strength. So watch, this is really simple to do everybody. It's, it's simple to do, but it's a, it's a really demanding pose, so it's a great prep. So what we do for this everybody is you just come onto your back starts inconspicuously. Then I have people reach their arms up towards the ceiling. Then I have people bend the knees towards the chest without holding on, bring the inside of the feet together and flare the knees a little bit wider than the shoulders. Then from here, everybody, you curl up. So what I do is I'm curling my chest up, but I'm also lifting the back of my pelvis, the sacrum up. So I'm engaging my anterior core strongly, especially anterior abdominals and hip flexors. So this is a really good anterior core warm-up, but also look, I'm framing up the shape of Bakasana. I can even start to teach my students how to engage the inner legs and use their legs correctly in Bakasana by squeezing in against those outer arms, okay? I do that at any phase of a sequence but what I usually do that is I will tag that into other reclined core strengthening postures. Really quick, we can do almost every arm balance on our back like this. So just really quick watch. If you wanted to add reclined Parshvabhakasana, Ekapadakundanyasana, Ashtavakrasana, Titibhasana, they're all there literally pretty much Every single arm balance can be done on your back. It strengthens that anterior core. It builds kind of the inner strength in the mid body to do these poses, but it also teaches the coordination and the muscle memory. Second favorite pose I like to do in preparation for Bakasana, seated Bakasana. Same exact logic, easier pose. So what we do for this everybody, is, and this fits in really well with seated core strengthening work. So like boat pose variation. So I'll give you an idea of how I like to put this in. So I'll have people sit in Bodhakonasana, reach the arms forward like so. And then from there, I'll lean back. I have people bring the inside of the feet together. So look, I don't want the bottom of the feet together. I want the inside of the feet together. Arms are reaching forward. And then I wanna flex the hip and flex the spine, right? So again, it's a seated bakasana. 
I don't have to deal with the demands of the upper body in Bakasana while I'm seated, but I get to work core strongly. The other thing, just like I showed reclined is, I can really teach that suturing in, that adduction, that squeezing of the legs. And this is a really missed component for many people in Bakasana. Remember, the harder the pose, the harder it is to get some of the details of the pose. And those details, like using your legs like vice clamps, that's an important detail, but it's easy to overlook. So as a teacher, you don't wanna to try to teach the hard pose in the hard pose. You wanna teach the hard pose in the poses before the hard pose, so that the student's body has the sensory memory and that, uh, that kinesthetic blueprint to execute the details of the pose when things get a little bit harder. So seated bakasana is really good, and I will put this in a combination of different um, seated core strengtheners, right? It can be simple or it can be hard, but again, kind of getting into this shape, really good opportunity, okay? Now, third favorite pose. This is not nearly as much about the strength and the power and the overall coordination like the previous two poses are. This is a little bit more for a particular nuance of when people are learning how to do bakasana with straight arms. Okay, and the pose is cat pose, right? It's a really simple pose, but it's something that I want us to understand about bakasana is that if you are progressing to the straight arm version, which is hard, this is no way around it, it's hard. The spine is in flexion, the elbows are straight, and the scapula are in protraction, they're spreading apart. So if you're working towards the straight arm version of bakasana, Cat pose is the perfect sensory preparation. So watch, we, from all fours, right? From all fours, we push the floor away. That's broadening the shoulder blades. It's increasing the lateral motion of the scapula. So they're pulling apart, that's protraction. So I press the floor away and then I round my spine. So this is starting to give me the feeling in my spine, my core and my shoulders. Now listen everybody, none of those things are having to work very hard. This is one of the things to understand is, especially when you're preparing for a hard pose, you don't have to just tick out like a bunch of hard poses to prepare for the hard pose. Think about the preparatory phase of anything. You're looking for skill, not output. In fact, you wanna save some of the output for bakasana because it's hard, it's an output pose. So teaching something like cat pose, just to get a feel for that roundness of the spine and that scapular protraction is huge. Now, another pose that I'm not gonna discuss is chaturanga. That's not one of the four, but it's coming to mind. Chaturanga is a great pose, but I've already created so much content on chaturanga. You can check these out here. I've done like a three-part series on chaturanga, so you can incorporate that, but I wanna move on to the final, my favorite prep pose for Bakasana. And to me, I'm gonna split this between 4A and 4B. Either of these poses work really well. Two different versions of Malasana. So you have Malasana that's a little bit more overtly like Bakasana. The inside of the feet are together, the knees are flared, 
the arms are tucked in front of the shins and then draped back behind you, okay? Chin tuck. So you have this like real balled up, coiled, hinged quality in um, this version of Malasana. And then this is the one that so often just translates straight into Bakasana. But for me, I also like a wide-footed version of Bakasana because for my body, my inner legs, they're not super strong, but they're also not super flexible. The more mobile and strong the inner legs are, the more you can hinge at the hip crease and grip those legs into the outer arms, okay? So I like even just this version of, of Malasana, right? This kind of wide-footed squat. It doesn't translate as directly into that transition, the other one does, but I often find myself working on this in the interim and just teaching those bodies to fold up. For Bakasana, the more you can fold at the hips, fold at the knees, and round the spine forward, the easier you can get your center of gravity directly over the hands, okay? So all of these poses are gonna help you build that hip hinge, that knee hinge, that thigh engagement, and that anterior core um, stability and strength. Now, let's talk a little bit about Bakasana itself, how I like to set it up, and how I see the bent elbow version and the straight elbow version playing out. So for me, everybody, and I detailed this a ton in the video I referenced earlier about troubleshooting all arm balances. So I don't wanna talk about the transition forward a ton, but the way that I like to set up for Bakasana, everybody, and I want to acknowledge there just are different schools of Hatha Yoga. There are many different schools and they have slightly different takes on the technique of Bakasana. So I want to acknowledge that. So what I like to do is I like to get the inside of the feet together and I like to take the knees a little bit wider than the, uh, than the shoulders, okay? And then what I do is I fold down. Remember, we have to get folded down. We gotta get coiled and spring-like. And then to start everybody, I actually keep my hands off the ground. I flare my elbows and I press my upper arms back against the shin because I want that strong active engagement of the arm into the shin and then the shins, I wanna clamp into the outer arm and armpit. So I don't wanna be down here like this. Like this is a fine, legit beginner's bakasana, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. But I wanna get really folded up. I keep my hands off the mat in the initial phase. I use my arms to push back and my knees to grip in. That makes the connection between upper body and lower body super alive. Then I get my hands to the floor in front of me. My elbows are still flared a little bit wide. Then I lift up just a little bit, okay? So I try to keep a pretty deep fold. I lift up just a little bit. Then it's this phase that I scoop the elbows in. So now my elbows are squeezing in and then it's just an action of shifting forward. And I describe in that other video I keep referencing that movement forward, okay? So watch that in tandem with this. That version, my elbows were bent, okay? 
There are some teachers that delineate two different postures, bakasana and kakasana. One being a bent elbow version, one being a straight elbow version. For me, both versions are bakasana. And one's not right or wrong. This is just a matter of simple language, okay? So to me, that is just a bent elbow version of bakasana. So now I'm gonna show you the straight elbow version of bakasana. The straight elbow version of bakasana, if you watch everybody, we're essentially going from the bent elbow position, which is more of a chaturanga disposition, to more of a, guess what, cat pose like feeling. So I even have my students who are ready to move on to that straight elbow version. I have them just kneel, pretend they're in chaturanga, and then slow motion, imaginary cat pose like this. So we kind of get that feeling for the spine rounding in those arms straightening, okay? So I set up and I transition for the bent elbow and the straight elbow version of the pose the exact same way. I prepare for these poses the exact same way. The only thing that's different is straightening the elbows is just a harder version, that's it. So I start with the inside of the feet together. Look, hands up, I get those arms, I wedge down and I don't just go hands down. I press the arms back, I grip the knees in. I want the connection of arm to leg to be completely engaged or it'll never get engaged. I want those knees gripped in, those arms pressed back, then I get the hands down, lift up a little bit, scoop in, and then I shift forward to bent elbow, and then from here I straighten the arms, round the back, take a breath, get the photo, come down, take a long rest, or something like that, okay? If I were you, I wouldn't fixate too much about the bent elbow versus the straight elbow, whether you're practicing or teaching everyone. It's, it's just too, it's like, it's like a standing forward bend with the knees a little bit bent or a standing forward bend with the legs a little straight. It just depends on the body that you're working with, okay? But really, as a teacher, as a student, see this preparatory cycle. Feed that stuff on early in your sequences as you kind of build up. That's gonna help the students' bodies not just be warm and prepared, but everybody, it's gonna teach them the individual components of the posture, the inner muscular coordination and the blueprint, so when they get to the harder pose, it's not a scramble. Final thing, even if you or your students at the end of the day can't end up doing bakasana, then those are the poses that can be the alternatives to that pose. So you can say to someone, if you're still really struggling with doing bakasana on your hands, right? All right, everyone, those of you really struggling with doing bakasana on your hands, don't worry about it. Come all the way down, have a seat, and do seated bakasana. So, so understanding a sequence can build towards something, but it also lays the foundation for what to do when the thing you're building towards is still a little bit inaccessible and out of reach for you or others, okay? Thanks a ton for checking this out. Make sure to subscribe to this page and also go to jasonyoga.com, see all the trainings and the other content that I have to offer. All right, everyone, take care of yourselves. Thanks for taking the time and uh, helping your students.